for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Rob Carson, back with a vengeance. Actually, not really a vengeance, just a, a lot of entertaining stuff today. Entertaining, informative, special guest Emerald Robinson, who is fighting the good fight in Washington D.C. against uh, hostile combatants in the uh, in the mainstream media, uh, actually performing acts of real journalism. It's crazy, crazy what she does. Anyway, welcome to the show, guys. If you would please subscribe to the Newsmax Daily on Apple Podcasts. Literally, we are on uh, fifty different platforms. We're all over the place. Uh, the only place you can't hear this is on your toaster, but we're working on it. We're working on it. So over 50 platforms altogether, but if you'd like to subscribe and leave a five-star review, that would be great. Just go to Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe to the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Oh, by the way, Newsmax is kicking butt. I don't know if you knew this. As far as just news daily uh, places that you go to find your news, your commentary, etc., Newsmax.com has recorded a 171% increase in readership over the past year, the second highest growth percentage of all sites measured. Huge, huge, huge. I'll get into this with uh, Emerald Robinson here very shortly. Uh, before we jump into things, just real quick, and I think this is kind of a, a kind of a not a very nice move by Burger King. They swiped at uh, Chick-fil-A, donating to LGBTQ+. Plus, I guess it's, it's Q+, plus now is what they're saying. Although, actually, what happens is it's the LGBTQ thing, it changes all the time. The reason being is it, it goes off into infinity like pi, you know, like 3.1457897, and it goes off into infinity. I think it's the same way with LGBTQ. They have to stop it at Q or plus because otherwise it's RST, V, A, B, C, D, B, you know, and it's just forever. Anyway, Burger King <clears throat> recently uh, uh, launched the Chicken uh, Sandwich. Uh, tweeted Thursday, the company will donate 40 cents to the human rights campaign for every chicken sandwich sold in June, up to 250 grand, 625 sandwiches. And they did a little swipe at uh, Chick-fil-A and said that uh, every chicken sandwich even sold on Sundays. And Chick-fil-A chooses not to be uh, open on Sundays because they consider that to be the Christian Sabbath. So they're, you know, whatever. Not, not just, uh, probably a snarky little, uh, you know, recent college grad with a degree in advertising and marketing and Decided that would be cute. Decided that would be just cute, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Let's start with the big story, which is it looks very much like the Wuhan laboratory was the place where the coronavirus came from. Donald Trump called it the China virus. He was called a xenophobe. Donald Trump said we should investigate it. They did an investigation. They were looking into it. And Joe Biden canceled the investigation. All right. Here we go. U.S. Labs classified study basis for Biden ended State Department probe. A top secret report from a respected national laboratory dated May 25th, 2020 during the Trump administration declared a potential COVID-19 lab leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology plausible and in more need of investigation. The Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, California, where the basis for the State Department investigation begun under former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, according to the Wall Street Journal. President Biden ended that investigation, called on U.S. intelligence agencies to deliver a report in 90 days on the origins of the global coronavirus pandemic. The Biden administration report will focus on whether SARS-CoV-2 began with animal-to-human transmission or a laboratory accident. Sources told the journal the LLNL study was prepared by the lab's intelligence arm, also called the Z-Division. The Z division. Yeah, it sounds pretty nasty. Uh, the lab is focused on national security, including biological weapons, and drew on genomic analysis, according to the journal. I love when it gets all sciencey. It just does. It just does. State Department investigator told the journal it was the first official scientific evidence that made it clear further investigation was necessary. Oh, by the way, the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance is reportedly investigating the death of a top Chinese military scientist who died in spring of 2020, only several weeks after filing the first coronavirus vaccine patent. <laughs> whoa, whoa. The People's Liberation Army scientist Zhu Yasen reportedly had connections with the Wuhan Institute of Virology's Batwoman, Ji Zhenli conducted the research in conjunction with the Wuhan Institute, the University of Minnesota, and the New York Blood Center was the first to file a patent for the COVID-19 vaccine on February 24th last year. Weird! According to documents obtained by the weekly A Weekend Australian, this was only five weeks after China admitted there was human-to-human -human transmission of the virus. Zhu is listed as the lead inventor on the patent application lodged by the Institute of Military Medicine, Academy of Military Sciences, and the PLA, People's Liberation Army. 
This is according to Nikolai Petrovsky, a medical researcher at Flinders University. It would be a remarkable achievement to have a vaccine so quickly, by the way. This is something we have never seen before, raising the question of whether the work started much earlier. So maybe if they were weaponizing a virus in China, this is just me thinking out loud, that China wanted to have the vaccine ready. Yeah. Oh, and he died. He does died just right after that. He an unexplained death in May. Uh, while he was an award-winning military scientist, there were no reports paying tribute to his life. His death was only mentioned in passing in a Chinese media report in July. And at the end of December, scientific paper both had the word deceased in brackets after his name. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last week in May, David Asher had said the U.S. government biostatisticians calculate if that was going to evolve from nature, the chance would be one in 13 billion. So, so, where do we go from here? It looks like the House of Cards is beginning to come a-tumbling down. It looks like uh, Anthony Fauci is sitting in the middle of the House of Cards, actually. And, uh, and it looks like it could be coming down on him. Could be coming down on him. We've got uh, some great guests on uh, Newsmax, including Cortez and Pellegrino. They had Peter Navarro on to talk about the the cover-up that appears to be being uncovered and Anthony Fauci's involvement. Uh, Jenner is right. The first time I ever met Fauci was January 28th in the Situation Room. I immediately got into a strong argument with him. Uh, I was for the travel ban. The president sent me there to argue it. Uh, He was dead set against it. Just real quick, China stopped travel and shut down Wuhan, but allowed international travel after the Wuhan virus was uh, made public. I won that particular argument. Travel ban saved hundreds of thousands of lives. If we listen to Fauci, a lot of people would be dead right now. But the next thing was in February, there were two people who were basically sure, pretty sure that the, the, the virus came from the lab. It was Tom Cotton and myself. Uh, Maria Bartiromo in the media facilitated that. And all we got um, was uh, was a, a raft of, of criticism. Yeah. Here's, this, here's the breaking <laughs> news. Fauci was part of the cover-up to try to shut me and Cotton up. And what he did was two things, and he did it right at the White House. He, on the press briefings, he, he basically denied that this thing came from the lab, lied to wow. the American people when he knew it probably did. And then he actually orchestrated a call that the, the scientist who said that thing was genetically engineered and from the lab, he actually recruited them to say just the opposite, Steve. Uh, it, so right. breaking news, Fauci. He was mastermind of a cover-up. The cover-up is always worse than the crime. Uh, yes, and it appears to be that way. Fauci warned world health leaders in spring of 2020 that COVID could be a lab leak, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That's what he said. This is unbelievable. White House coronavirus advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci briefed world leaders more than a year ago on fears that the COVID-19 had leaked from a Chinese lab. Former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb revealed unbelievable Unbelievable, guys. What does uh, China owe us? This is what uh, Peter Navarro had to say. And Peter, let me ask you about that, about the economic toll, uh, the damage that China unleashed on the world. But look, we care first and foremost, of course, about the United States. Uh, President Trump has called for uh, $10 trillion in biological war reparations. You've mentioned $20 trillion. Uh, Tell us about how you came to that figure and what do you think is the real figure, uh, number one? And number two, how do we... I say we ask China to forgive our debt. Or we just don't pay it. We get them to actually pay it. We stop paying interest on it. Yeah, I wish I wish uh, wish I had talked to the boss uh, uh, a little more before that before he went out with the ten trillion because it, it is way low. Um, if you simply uh, value the cost of human life uh, that that has been lost. Um, using the government's estimates, it's that's north of five trillion already. Wow. Uh, then you have all of the fiscal stimulus uh, that we we went into it, the, the reduction um, in, in growth. Uh, it's very e- and all the, uh, the both the fiscal and monetary stimulus is very easy, Steve, to get get uh, past twenty trillion. Maybe in a, another night we can go over that and we'll we'll kind of lay out on your chalkboard the kind of stuff we do. Okay. Also, Peter Navarro talked about three names you need to get familiar with who are involved in this, and I've been talking about this by by the way for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's a genetically engineered virus using something called gain of function. Fauci 
basically lied to the American president and the American people from the very beginning of this because it was Fauci in 2011 as well as 2017 who pushed. Here comes Peter Cottontail hopping down the money trail. For the use of gain of function. Yeah, there's a money trail. Experimentation. What that does is it makes dangerous pathogens even more dangerous able to attack humans. And that's exactly what Fauci's money from the NIH funneled to this did. There's three people here that you got to keep your eye on. The bat lady who collected the bats which were used to genetically engineer the more lethal virus. By the way, press release this morning, Batman says he had nothing to do with this. Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina and and this guy Peter Daszak of the New York Eco Health Alliance. Uh Aha! Those were the two, and Daszak has bragged about this. Those were the two who worked with the bat lady to use Fauci money. Fauci money to make that right. pandemic. Guys, this is gigantic. This is gigantic. Stu Varney talked with President Trump, and he said Fauci's in China's back pocket. Uh, you look at his emails, they're really horrible. He was in the pocket, it would seem. He was in the pocket now, maybe not, but I, if you look at him, you know, we're all smart people. He was in the pocket of China. The way he pandered to them and the way he dealt with them, and I see. So that's that's their first salvo on trying to save Fauci. I guess uh, last night Fauci made a trip with the current first lady, but that's the first salvo in trying to save Fauci. Uh, yeah, in that trip they were greeted. Uh, the first lady and Anthony Fauci were greeted with protesters screaming, "Fire Fauci!" If people read those, so many emails. I mean, it was I've never seen anything like it. You would almost say he, that's all he could do, because how can you do so many emails? But when people read that, uh, they will agree 100 percent. It was unfortunate. Now, in our case, we had him, but he was there for many, many years. I got along with him, but I would say that if I listened to him, we would have had hundreds of thousands of more people die. Isn't it weird how some people go to Washington and spend almost 50 years and become really corrupt? That's interesting. Yeah, because he said, keep the borders open to China, keep the borders open to Europe. And I closed them very, very early and we would have lost hundreds of thousands. Do you realize how many billionaires have been created by covid? The people were. He also said that most of them from China vaccines would take too long to produce. It's real. And I got them done in nine months, less than nine months. So, you know, I didn't too Thanks. much listen to Fauci, unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, fortunately for our country, I did what my instincts told me to do. He did, and he was uh, told he was wrong all the way, and now he's being proven right. (laughs) Guatemala's president uh, blames Biden for the border crisis. (laughs) Kamala Harris, she went to the uh, Northern Triangle, to El Salvador, and Guatemala. Both of the presidents of those countries say, oh yeah, pretty much the reason why our our people are streaming out of here to the United States is because of policy. We'll get to that in one second. Here is uh, Kamala Harris saying, no, please, don't come, whatever you do, don't come to the United States. And I want to emphasize that the goal of our work is to help Guatemalans find hope at home. At the same time, I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. Wow, I mean, that is like, I'm scared. I, I am, I'm terrified. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. No, you haven't been doing that, actually. You've been actually uh, putting them up in hotels and then sending them across the country. So that's not correct. There are legal methods by which migration can and should occur. But we are rewarding the illegal efforts. But we, as one of our priorities, will discourage illegal migration. And I believe if you come to our border, you will be turned back. So let's discourage. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Here she is uh, talking about how important it is that she's on the ground in uh, Guatemala and El Salvador, but not so much at the border. On the issue of uh, Republicans' political um, attacks or criticism. No, it's just protecting our border and our sovereignty. Um, And our people and stopping the sex trafficking and the drugs and the child, uh, you know, rape and all that stuff. Concerns. Uh, The reason I am here in Guatemala as my first trip as 
Vice President of the United States, um, is because this is one of our highest priorities, and I came here to be here on the ground to speak with the leader of this nation around what we can do in a way that is significant, is tangible, and has real results. And I will continue to be focused on that kind of work as opposed to grand gestures. Okay, here she is on NBC talking about uh, going to the border. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. Warning, she's going to make a joke about it. Border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole. This no, you haven't been to the border. That is a lie. This whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, you know, there, there, no, a lot of, a lot of French people aren't sneaking over the border, by the way, or, or English people. Understand the point that you're making. Oh no! I think the, the, here's here's the point he's trying to make. Uh, you're the border czar, so if you were the NFL commissioner and you said, "I'm not going to go in any football games," uh, it would be kind of like that. It would be kind of like that, actually. Here's the president of Guatemala actually uh, agreeing that it's policy. This is President Alejandro Giamatti. <laughs> Yamate says increased border crossings have been caused in part by the change of administrations in Washington. The message changed too. We're going to reunite families and we're going to reunite children. The very next day, the Coyotes were here organizing groups of children to take them to the United States. Oh, let's hear that again. We're going to reunite children. The very next day, the Coyotes were here organizing groups of children to take them to the United States. Where they will most probably be abused all the way up to the United States border. And then dumped over. Pretty much. And then the teenagers, they have to pay off uh, with indentured servitude for years and years and years. Here is the president of El Salvador. Uh, he says that promises of free health care are a major incentive for people to leave his country for the U.S. Of course, it's an incentive. I mean, it's, it's, everything, is, and everything in life is pros and cons, right? Yes. So you have for immigration, you have a con that probably you don't know the language or you have to, the, the journey is a difficult one. You may die in the journey. But if, if in the end you will receive a lot of things, of course, it's a, it's a, the, the pros go up and the cons go down. Mm -hmm. So it depends. It's an incentive game here. And well, that's kind of interesting. And by the way, he was talking to uh, Tucker Carlson. Kind of interesting. On the National Report, Representative Buddy Carter talked about Kamala's visit to the Northern Triangle. I mean, it's obvious that she's in a position she doesn't want to be in. I mean, she said she she didn't want this job. And really, she's this is a disservice to the American people. And she's not where she needs to be. She needs to be at the border. There's no excuse for someone who has been given this responsibility to not having visited the border. I've been there. I've seen it firsthand. I can tell you it is a humanitarian crisis. It is a national security crisis. This is something that has got to be dealt with. Yep. And why is it? happening is happening because Biden administration is intent on doing just the opposite of what the Trump administration has done. President Trump is right. We did have the most secure border that we've ever had when he left office. That's because of the stay in Mexico policy uh, that has been eliminated now by the Biden administration. That's because of the construction of the wall that now has been discontinued by the Biden administration. All of those things need to be reinstated <sighs> yeah. so that we can get control of our border again. A country without borders is no country whatsoever. 100%. Hey, let's call our special guest, Emerald Robinson, White House correspondent. Let's see what she's up to this morning. Hi, Rob. Good morning, Emerald. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You know, I do miss Washington, D.C., but I don't miss the cicadas. Before we get started, how are the cicadas? I, I tell you, I heard uh, Sebastian Gorka trying to do an interview outside yesterday. You couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's up there in Great Falls, so, like, he's uh -huh. in the middle of the trees. And I went to my friend's house. I mean, it's not as bad in Arlington yeah. as it is in, like, the more wooded areas. I went to a friend's house in Potomac, Maryland, over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And it, I can't believe how piercing it was. I'd never experienced them before. Let's talk about what's going on in Washington. I saw this exchange between you and Jen Psaki on, uh, on Friday. It was pretty interesting where she cut you off after you were. Well, she never answered any of your questions, first of all. You were talking about now the, it seems to be that there is uh, undoubtable evidence that the, the Wuhan virus came from the Wuhan lab in Wuhan. Why don't you tell us about the exchange? 
Well, yeah. So I was trying to get to the bottom of where, and this was actually before they announced the uh, 90-day review that they're currently doing with the intelligence community, which is being met with significant skepticism here in Washington, (laughs) D.C., given that they killed a a Trump State Department probe that was, you know, involved an independent contractor. And also it was based on, we just found out in the last 24 hours, that Trump probe was based on a report ordered from a very well-respected lab here in the United States in California Mm -hmm. uh, in May of 2020 that reported back to the Trump administration that it was evident, it was clear that it was a lab leak. Um, And they even went so far as to suggest it was a bioweapons program, that this is a bioweapon. So that's what led to that probe, that the Biden administration killed it. So before they had announced this, I had, given that all this evidence was coming out, I had asked Jen Psaki, who does the president believe? Does he believe his the growing voices in his own national security team that this is a strong possibility? Or does he believe Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has repeatedly tried to discredit this and has given misinformation? I didn't say that, but I mean, most people know that now. Yes. And she really wouldn't answer. And then I wanted to get to the bottom of why do you trust the WHO? Just yesterday, now since then, the WHO has contradicted what Jen Psaki is saying about the WHO being able to get China to be transparent and cooperate. WHO saying yesterday, yes, we can't say that. We can't do that. And it's just they're really struggling with this messaging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they didn't think they'd have a problem with it because they didn't expect the mainstream media to pick up on it. Mm -mm. Right. They've not had to have accountability for anything. So much so, in fact, I was talking to a colleague from Politico yesterday, which, you know, if you read the Politico playbook, it's sort of an insider's letter. People here in the D.C. swamp all have it coming to their inbox, even if you're not necessarily in government. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can tell how left leaning it is. A colleague from Politico told me yesterday they're getting iced out from the Biden administration, the Biden White House, because they think Politico is too hard on them. <laughs> and it's snarky. <laughs> and it just made me laugh. This is, oh, my God. It, it is amazing. We'll get to the Stelter interview. Oh, my Lord in heaven. Oh, in, Lord. Because, I mean, honestly, wow, wow. But me, He has a weird <clears throat> fascination with me, and I'll tell him that. There's something weird. He's been on me since, like, I first started covering the White House. It really? Was, it is so strange. Really? Yeah, not a good guy you don't want to have kind of obsessed with you, you know? Um, let, let's talk a little quick about Peter Dasik, or Dasik and the EcoHealth yeah. Alive. They got a lot of money from the government. I heard of like $123 million over the last few years. Um, it sounds to me like there's a money trail here. Yeah, I'm actually getting ready to do a sit-down interview with uh, Senator Rand Paul, who has really been the only strong voice, in all honesty, in the U.S. government trying to hold the NIH accountable to find out what is going on here, to find out about the money. And that's something I plan to ask him about. I just think Um, it it sounds like to me, and this is just me, it sounds like a cover-up that they are continuing to cover up with regard to the 90-day investigation. I think they've already done all the investigating they're going to do. Joe Biden, to me, probably told them, hey, in 90 days, we're going to say we didn't find anything. It's kind of like Facebook saying, in 60 days, we're going to decide whether we're going to reinstate Trump. Uh, And what they did is the first day they said in 60 days we're going to ban trump that's what i feel i think you're right i I think that most people who really would like to get to the bottom of it even in the state department and because there have been some careers who have tried to press the biden administration to uh really truly investigate it to really truly hold china accountable and that's rare for careers they tend to be uh 99 democrat so the fact that they're pushing is unusual um but the majority of people that i talk to in in the intelligence community who are not just in the tank for china already because we know we have a problem with our intelligence community being beholden to china mm-hmm. not wanting to say anything that they feel justified trump admits the trump administration policies toward china uh, they just don't, they feel exactly the same way you do, Rob. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Brian Stelter in his softball interview with Jen Psaki, uh, basically besmirched, <laughs> besmirched um, uh, Newsmax uh, as disinformation. Um, I mean, you honestly, Emerald, you go into that press briefing every day to lie, don't you? Totally. <laughs> totally. What's, it like, what? what's it like going in there? It's clearly spreading right-wing propaganda. Yes, you know, which is what the terminology that um, Stelter and Jen Psaki use, 
Yeah. President Barack Obama himself. I mean, shock, shocking that he's spreading propaganda saying that uh, Joe Biden is finishing his presidency. Yeah. Well, this is his third term. Well, he's the puppet master. I, that's what I've said from the get-go. It's, 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 and everybody yeah. say, it might be Susan Rice. I'm like, it's not Susan Rice. It's Barack Obama. Come on. Well, she <laughs> is Obama. I mean, yeah. she and Valerie Jarrett is still yeah. a player behind the scenes. And I guess she's still living in o- Obama's basement, maybe, <laughs> out in Col- Calorama. Yeah. No one's quite sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, that that's what they considered that's what they were talking about being propaganda is when I asked Jen Psaki that question that day, is this Obama's third term given the number of, you know, staffers that are just Obama yeah. people yeah. and what they're doing. And it doesn't seem like Joe Biden has, I mean, they've already, Jen Psaki herself went out there and said what but Joe Biden says is not the official stance of the White House when they talked about the border crisis. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What is it like going into that press room when you are being torn down by other media figures and the Biden administration? Is it a hostile work environment with other pressers or are they still relatively cordial? No, most people are really, really nice. Okay. The new people that came on the beat are sort of like in shock when I ask a question and they turn around with their eyes wide like, you know, they just saw a ghost. But the ones that have been there with me for four years, I mean, honestly, many of them agree. Okay. Their ambitions just won't let them tell the truth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's uh, wrap things up with the the interview with Stelter and Saki, which was just, I mean, it wasn't a softball interview. It was a T-ball interview. Uh, he actually set up the T, totally. put the ball on it, and gave her the bat. Unbelievable. Your thoughts after you saw that? I mean, it's just, again, why Stelter oh. is a partisan hack. Yeah. He's not a journalist. Mm-hmm. He is not even, he's not even what you would call a show host who, you know, even people who are clearly have an idea or, you know, ideological, they can ask relevant questions mm-hmm. and do a good line of questioning. Stelter can't even do that. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, his, people at CNN don't even like him or respect him. Yeah. yeah. I hear from many of his colleagues, they just, they do not like him and they, they think he's a joke. Yeah. Well, and it, clearly it, viewers do too. If you well, look at his ratings. Well, you look at the, the what's going on with CNN. Think about this: the uh, the Cuomo brothers, uh, that cover up. Uh, you've got also Stelter. You got Lemon being removed, and all of this. You've got. Uh, I mean, I've heard seventy percent drop in ratings since January on CNN. Yeah. That's got to be sending them in absolute crisis mode. It is, and they're very concerned. They've had to let go of some of their. Um, you know, the media buying department advertising because yeah. they're just not getting the advertising dollars to warrant that staff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're in significant trouble, except for, you know, in so many ways, this liberal media, they don't necessarily operate on a, a free market idea because they're going to make the money to push out the messaging, right? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. going to be propped up. Yeah somehow to keep pushing messaging out there because they're right in line with DNC talking points. They're essentially just the communications arm of the DNC. When you're talking about CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did want to say, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but uh, as far as web traffic is concerned, Newsmax.com, and I'm very picky about which sources I go to every day for my show prep. Newsmax has increased 171% in the last year versus uh, Business Insider down 44, Fox News down 31, CNN down 37, Washington Post down 26, and CNBC down 22. So there is a reason why Newsmax is um, is resonating. I think part of it is, and what I like to say is we don't change our stripes you know what you're going to get you know that grant stinchfield has a take i don't consider you to be a right-wing journalist i consider you to be a journalist you know and i think people are tired of this this liberal hackery and this these tongue baths that the mainstream media gives jen saki joe biden and kamala harris i agree and look i think that anyone can agree that in my journalism I ask tough questions of both Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I just don't think I can say the same for a lot of my colleagues. They won't ask the tough questions of Democrats. I'll tell you, uh, most Republicans would love to see one of them coming as opposed to me. Mm-hmm. Because I ask what their voting base cares about. Yeah. 
Well, I just uh, I think you're doing great work, and and I just keep keep giving them what for. It sounds like this whole house of cards with regard to China and the Wuhan virus is going to come tumbling down. Uh, I'm looking forward to your reports. Looking forward to your visit with Rand Paul. Thanks. Definitely check it out on uh, Newsmax and, and Newsmax.com. All right, there you go, Emerald uh, Robinson. You guys ready for some hot sake? Here's uh, Jen Psaki. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but on D-Day, uh, Joe Biden didn't mention D-Day. He mentioned the Tulsa massacre. Uh, that's the first time a president ha- hasn't done that in many, many years. Here's J- Jen Psaki's nonsensical answer. Stephen think Presidents Bush, Obama, and Trump all commemorated D-Day anniversaries on D-Day, on the D-Day anniversary. Why didn't President Biden? Well, I can tell you that certainly the uh, val- his value for the role that men and uh, the men who served uh, on D-Day uh, and the memory of them, uh, the families who have uh, kept their memories uh, alive over the course of years on this what? day is something the president has spoke to many, many times in the past. Just not this year. He forgot about it. He also forgot his name. Um, it's close to his heart, uh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> wow. if there's more we would have to say on it. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe next year, <laughs> maybe next year. Okay, you ready for you ready for the softballs? Are you ready for the softballs from Brian Stelter to Jen Sake? Listen to this, Jen. Thanks for coming on Reliable Sources. If you have eaten breakfast this morning, you may throw up in your mouth a little. My pleasure. Busy summer ahead, infrastructure, election reform. What does the press get wrong? when covering Biden's agenda. When you watch the news, when you read- Wow, this is how it starts. The news. I'm gonna self-flagellate before you, my queen. What do you think we get wrong? (laughs) Well, look, I think some of our muscles have atrophied a little bit over the last few years. Particularly your brain. What's that really a muscle? And there isn't a, a lot of memory, a recent memory or long... Let's long, not talk about Joe Biden's cognitive decline. ...longer memory on how long it takes to get legislation forward or how messy mm. uh, the process of negotiating and the process of getting legislation across the finish line can be. So we know, we understand everybody's always looking for a deadline, a timeline, things like that. But at the end of the day, yes. uh, our focus is on getting... I hate that expression. ...these bills across the finish line, doing it in a bipartisan way if we can and we certainly and we won't because we don't care about the republicans <laughs> recognize that that can be messy along the process so i don't know if that's the press getting it wrong uh, i'll leave you to the critique of that brian but uh, i think sometimes we forget uh how strange the last four years were and when we return to a place where democracy is working where we're talking with democrats and republicans where we're trying to get bills and legislation passed it feels foreign but this is actually how it's supposed to work you do not want to step in that question without choosing because it's all sorts of gushy. Oh, this is a beautiful question. What's it like have the job versus what you expected? So I want to know what the job is like versus what you expected it to be like. Well, I'm a human being. What's your favorite color? So even though uh, every day I try to be completely even keeled and always my objective per the president's direction is to treat people with respect and take questions and provide accurate information. That's my goal. (laughs) That's really, she's funny. Every day, but I'm also a human. Uh, and sometimes. No, she isn't. She's the product of Disney animatronic uh, technology. When you're answering the question, uh, saying this. That was a joke, Disney. Just just kidding. Same question a tenth time. Or when a question, uh, more, more likely the things that get under my skin are when a question, the premise of a question is based in uh, inaccurate information, ah. misleading information. Ah. Uh, can be frustrating. I try not to show it too much, try not to let people see me sweat too much, but occasionally I have a moment of humanity. Yeah, occasionally. Very rarely, actually. Oh, here's where Stelter digs at uh, Newsmax. Well, so those questions that are based on falsehoods, they come from brands like Newsmax, which uh, you know, it does sometimes... <laughs> what a complete jerk. Times get called on in the briefing. Oh. I know a lot of liberals don't want Fox News to get called on. I think they should be, but I know a lot of liberals, a lot of Emirates don't want it. So why do you call? Because they ask uh, real questions that you deem false because you do tongue baths. On Fox News and Newsmax. Well, Brian, we know there's a lot of different uh, points of view on this, as you just uh, referenced. But my point of view, and more importantly, the president's point of view, is that uh, the story is not about uh, me or a debate with news outlets. The story is about the plans of the administration and what we're trying to project to the American people. And when he pledged to or cover up, you know, govern for all Americans, yeah, that means talk- the, you know, the Trump supporters. Came to a range of outlets, liberal, conservative, uh, people who have 
different areas of interest. So that's exactly what I try to do every day in the briefing room. Aha, uh-huh. a little bit more here. Oh, this is, <laughs> how do you defeat the lies? The lies, you know, the, the, the media outlets who don't uh, throw softballs, how do, they're, they're lies. He said in his inaugural, we all have a duty to defend the truth and defeat the he said duty. lies. Five months in, do you feel you've made any progress with that, defeating the lies? You know about the origins of COVID? I try every day to. And Brian, I think one of the things I try to focus on are Russian collusion hoax. We all do in this administration is not uh, undervaluing the intelligence of the American people. Uh, (laughs) When people ask a question that is based on a false premise or a question that skips over some details, what we try to do on our best days is be informative, explain how a process works. How how does a bill become a law? What's the importance of communicating or going to the G7 or NATO? We don't need to completely dumb things down. We need to speak about things in an accessible way, but we have a responsibility to peel the curtains back in governing and government and how things work. And, you know, we think the American... Peel the curtains back and replace it with a really thick wall. People will hopefully respond to that. What our assessment is of of our success, I will tell you, I I never thought we would be uh, successful in rebuilding every element of trust with the public in five months. It's going to be... Oh, no, you pretty much destroyed all of them. Here is uh, Trump Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany with her response to this. Uh, no, of course I didn't. From Brian Stelter, who is a leftist lapdog and not a serious journalist, I think anyone can discern that from that clip you played. But Brian, I wish you would have given me a question like that. You know, what are you doing wrong as a press? Well, let me give you a clue, Brian. Maybe asking about Joe Biden's dog from the White House press briefing room, asking about Joe Biden's cat, asking about what Joe Biden thinks of the color scheme on Air Force One and on day one, how it felt to walk in the Oval. We did not get questions like that. The question I received is, is the president glad that the South lost the Civil War? It was that kind of inane, ludicrous coverage of the Trump administration that stands in such stark contrast to what the press is doing wrong uh, in Joe Biden's America. Oh, by the way, um, apparently there were some questions that were edited out of the exchange between Brian Stelter and Kaylee McEnany because they were too uh, hardcore. They were a little bit too difficult. Let me read these real quick. You're never going to hear this anywhere else. First of all, uh, who's a good boy? Am I a good boy? That was one that they, they edited out. Um, some viewers say I have pretty eyes. What do you think? All right. Uh, everything bad is Trump's fault and everything good is Biden's fault, right? That's another question. Uh, here's another one. Crime is up in America's biggest cities. Your hair looks great. Who does it? Kind of a non sequitur, but you know, there was a question. Uh, I'm going to Starbucks. Can I get you anything? <laughs> That's this one. Uh, which friend's character are you most like? I've been told I'm a Chandler. Uh, next question that was vetoed, Walmart or Target? Here's another one. My kid pronounces spaghetti, paschetti. What silly things does your kid say? <laughs> oh, uh, here we go. This, this gets into foreign policy here. With regard to China, which do you prefer, hot and sour or miso soup? And, uh, and finally, uh, have you spoke with the dear leader today? What glorious message does he have for all of us? Those were actually edited out. Edited out because they were a little bit too hardcore. Wake up. Check this out. Now, this is the difference between a governor who gets it and a governor who does not. Ron DeSantis versus uh, Brian Kemp of Georgia. Here's Ron DeSantis at a concert Uh, The Gulf Coast Jam, talking to the crowd that went insane for him. My message for other states and other countries, open open your schools, let people live their lives, don't make them wear masks. There you go. Let freedom ring, baby, let freedom ring. We will see you on Labor Day weekend when y'all will do it again. People in Georgia are mad because of what happened in Georgia with regard to the election, what happened with the uh, stopping of the vote count because of the supposed water main break. That never happened. But one of the daughters of one of the heads of the voting um, count uh, apparatus in Georgia is being subpoenaed because apparently she was seen dragging cases of ballots out from under a table and running them through the counter three or four times, three or four times. So here is uh, Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, who certified the election, uh, going in front of the uh, Georgia GOP rally and the response. Yeah, at this point, you just say, hey, you know what? Thanks for coming out tonight. Have a great night. Make sure to tip your bartenders and waitresses and we'll see you around. 
It's not going to get good after this. thinking he's going to run for president in 2024. Here is uh, John Bachman talking to uh, Bernie Carrick, who used to be a police commissioner in New York City, about uh, Georgia, the governor, and the election. He basically is responsible for Joe Biden being in the White House. Him and the Secretary of State in Georgia allowed the certification of a fraudulent vote. Um, that's coming out more now than it has before. And as time goes on, you know, I, I think one of the big problems that nobody pays attention to, John, I love Mary Ruth's you know, before like January it's 6th, really easy. there was the collection of evidence, the reviewing of evidence, the affidavit collection, the depositions, all that stuff was going on. But there wasn't enough time. You can't do that in six weeks. Well, now we're seven months in and the evidence is more overwhelming than it was then. And we told January. You can't talk about it because it's conspiracy, kind of like the whole Wuhan virus thing coming from China. Wait a minute, that was shot down. State in Georgia allowed the certification of a fraudulent vote. Um, that's coming out more now than it has before. And as time goes on, you know, I, I think one of the big problems that nobody pays attention to, John, you know, before January 6th, there was the collection of evidence the reviewing of evidence, the affidavit collection, the depositions, all that stuff was going on. But there wasn't enough time. You can't do that in six weeks. Well, now we're seven months in and the evidence is more overwhelming than it was then. OK, here's a little bit more with uh, Bernie Carrick on John Bachman show about uh, Mark Zuckerberg's giant uh, Democrat get out the vote campaign and hundreds of millions of dollars spent on things like drop boxes that were stuffed the day after the election. Zuckerberg broke the law, spending millions of dollars. Don't you think he broke the law? I guess that's an open question at this point about him breaking the law. But, you know, he donated, I think, tens of millions of dollars to making yeah, sure. John, listen, for me, that's not an open question because I saw the evidence that Phil Klein from the Tom Moore Society mm -hmm. has put together on Zuckerberg. That is a conspiracy. On the donations, on the creation of these grassroots democratic organizations that were doing the ballot boxes, doing the drop boxes, doing doing all the things that they huh. shouldn't have been doing. Huh. I'm telling you, the president is right. Those investigations that are continuing to go on today are going to reveal overwhelming evidence of fraud, criminality, and other things that resulted in Joe Biden being put in the White House. Okay, we will see. Here's a little bit more with Bernie Carrick about the evidence. You, you know, that, that's a really good point because everybody, everybody, anybody that that pushes, you know, against the president or, or pushes back against the president or me or Giuliani or anybody else was there, they basically say you were trying to overthrow the election, right. overturn the election. No, no, that's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is get to the bottom of the election. We're trying Generally, the larger the caterwauling, the bigger the lie. Uh, you know, uh, just a theory. To identify what really happened. And what really happened is not what was supposed to happen. And I have probably two or 3,000 sworn affidavits, huh. sworn under the penalty of perjury. Weird. No different than walking into a federal grand jury. There's two to 3,000 sworn affidavits of people that witnessed criminal. Why haven't the media asked to talk to any of those people? Huh. No conduct in these voting polls around, you know, in different states, Georgia, mm -hmm. Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Nevada and elsewhere. OK, by the way, the uh, Democrats were attempting to uh, federalize the election process and basically ensure Democrats get uh, elected to national office uh, ad infinitum. Here is Sebastian Gorka talking about how Joe Manchin, who I have always kind of looked at with a raised eyebrow because he voted for Obamacare, but he may save the country, actually, by saying nah to H.R. 1 and eh, nah to getting rid of the filibuster. Look, I, I don't trust the establishment GOP, so I'm definitely going to not trust anybody with the letter D after their name. And, and let's be clear here, Grant, just, just a little bit of the backstory. The first reports about Manchin holding the line on the filibuster and blocking HR1, uh, SR1, uh, he, th those came from a left-wing media source. And I'm not sure whether the original reports were genuine or not, 
or whether they were just used as a trial balloon to try and exert more pressure on Manchin. And look, it is West Virginia. He'd be absolutely insane to go in with the federalization of, of uh, elections across America, with packing the Supreme Court, with all the fake infrastructure bills that Biden is trying to bring. But I don't put it past any Democrat. So God willing, he will hold the line. And, and we are so blessed, so blessed, Grant, that it is a 50-50 division in the Senate. But right now, they'll do whatever they have to do. Remember what they did. They will. To Blasi, to Bla because they're evil. Oh, I said it out loud. Blasi Ford. They used her and threw her away like an old tissue when they found out they couldn't take down that godly man who was Justice Kavanaugh. So if they can get away with it, they will. So we don't take anything for granted. Yeah. Okay, now continuing the tradition of the biggest names in news joining us on our lovely uh, Newsmax. Uh, Rob Schmidt talked to Caitlyn Jenner about uh, the reaction that people gave... Uh, uh, her to announcing for governor and the fact that she's uh, trans. You know what? It has not been a problem whatsoever. Okay. Um, you know, there's debate about whether or not Caitlin had surgery. Certainly hasn't had the voiceectomy yet. I've really been kind of shocked. Uh, to be honest with you, when I thought about doing this, uh, I was really wondering what the reaction is going to be um, uh, of being who I am. I am so fortunate in my life. Today, I can do this. Honestly, 10 years ago, I don't think I could. I had too many issues in my life, too many things I was dealing with. Now, I just wake up and be myself all day. Um, I don't have any more secrets. I did a book, Secrets of My Life. I told every secret I have, uh -huh. and there's no more left. I'm just me, and people are have been extraordinarily accepting. Um, honestly, all day long, wherever I go, I mean, I go walking through a parking lot. People are stopping their cars, rolling their windows down, saying, I'm going to vote for you. Um, there hasn't been any hesitation. I, I have Democrats coming up and say, you know what? I'm a Democrat, but I'm going to vote for you. Um, I, it has been so positive. Honestly, I'm pleasantly, very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, because people aren't as close-minded and awful as Democrats would like to say they are. Um, yeah, and I got to tell you, I was excited about the first commercial that Caitlyn Jenner put out for governor. But it seems to me, I get a whole lot of rhino-y, kind of like Schwarzenegger-y feel. Here she is uh, talking a little bit more about what, what she says Trump did wrong. Uh, I think he did a good job, certainly with the economy, until COVID hit. He did a lot of things I really agree with. Okay. But his messaging. Um, well, when you get shouted down and called names and destroyed by the press every day, you punch back. Was just not good for the public. What I liked about him is he was a disruptor. He came in as an outsider. Wait a minute. I thought you didn't like the messaging. Yeah. And really kind of disrupted and, and changed the system. I feel the same way with California. I'm an outsider and a disruptor a thoughtful disruptor and i need to shake the system up here in california uh we're losing this state you know eighteen thousand companies have left this state um california was eden it would be very easy to make it eden once again but politics are causing people to leave in droves and it's a shame because it's absolutely a stunning place a beautiful place to live uh yet they just lost a, a representative because so many people are leaving 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 the state couple more stories before we go a psychiatrist who told yale audience that uh, she fantasizes about shooting white people in the head says her comment was taken out of of context yeah i meant shoot him in the stomach actually i think is what she, anyway dr uh, aruna kilani uh, she did a lecture called the psychopathic problem of the white mind yeah yeah she said uh, that white people are out of their minds and their brains are damaged and demented. They have five holes in their brain. It's like banging your head against a wall. She says uh, it was a public service. I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, burying their body and wiping my bloody hands as I, as I walked away relatively guiltless with a bounce in my step like I was doing the world an effing favor. See, I could see where that get taken out of context. What she really meant is I really love white people and they're so nice. Yeah. She said that to the New York Times, uh, she was using provocation as a tool for real engagement. <laughs> 
Uh, too much of the discourse on race is a dry, bland regurgitation of new vocabulary words with no work in the unconscious, Kalani reported, uh, wrote in an email. And if you want to hit the unconscious, you will have uh, real feelings, real negative feelings. You know, she's kind of like uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter to some degree when uh, Patrice Starling said, hey, why do you try turning the mirror on yourself? You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, an insane psychiatrist. Funny, funny, funny. This is pretty funny. Philly's big naked bike ride, which can't be too pleasant to watch, is coming up. And guess what? Everybody will be able to go completely naked, except for they will be required to wear masks. <laughs> August 28th. August 28th. Oh, my Lord. Organizer of the annual Philly naked bike ride say this year's event will take place and they will have to wear masks based on the city's earlier coronavirus restrictions, which is super duper stupid. Almost as stupid as riding a bike 10 miles in the nude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I want to mention something very quick because it hasn't been covered yet. Over the weekend, there was a march for people uh, killed by police, okay? Uh, there was no police shooting that was unjustified against a black person in Kansas City. There have been no lawsuits uh, in recent years, but they went ahead and did this march, and they actually carried a coffin with a pig puppet dressed in a police uniform. On the casket, it said the other white meat, among other things. And they placed it at the base of the stairs in front of the police department. This is a, a threat to law enforcement. This is a threat. All three local TV stations covered the march but said nothing about a casket with a pig dressed up as a police officer placed in front of the police station. It is a threat that needs to be investigated, and people need to go to jail. That's all there is to it. Finally, TikTok star Savannah Edwards, she has been featured on my show, Rob Carson's What in the World? And uh, she is very uh, concise, very thoughtful with her observations. She is a black person, and this time she took on talk about reparations and what sort of nonsense it is. Listen, because it's actually quite brilliant. I'm seeing a lot of talk about reparations on TikTok, Twitter. There's a pastor in Tulsa who said, we cannot have true reconciliation and healing without reparations. I don't agree with that. It's 2021. How are we to determine who gets reparations and who doesn't? Again, it's 2021. Not every black person is the descendant of a slave and not every descendant of a slave is black. And not every person who was a slave was black. And are we talking about slaves who were freed when the war ended or slaves who were freed maybe even decades after the first slave ships arrived? In a lot of the northern states, slavery ended just after the revolution war. But I digress. Reparations as the first step to healing. And even before, by the way. Mm -mm. The first step to healing is forgiveness. If the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, well, they don't deserve forgiveness. Sit down. Let me learn you a thing or two. Time heals all wounds, but if you have a wound that hasn't healed, it's probably because you're still picking at it. That is brilliant. Let's hear it again. Learn you a thing or two. Time heals all wounds, but if you have a wound that hasn't healed, it's probably because you're still picking at it. Wow. If you fill your heart with bitterness, there's no room for joy. There's no room for peace. Holding on to bitterness is bondage, and many of y'all have chained yourself to the dead. Even worse, some of y'all have passed that bitterness down to your children. Forgiveness isn't for that other person. It's for you. It's to set you free. That is absolutely brilliant. I mean, really, really awesome. Her name is Savannah Edwards. Remember that. She is a big deal. That's going to do it for the show this week. I want to thank my special guest, Emerald Robinson. I want to thank you guys for listening. It's a big deal. The show is on 50 platforms. It is growing by leaps and bounds. What I would ask you to do today is uh, download the Newsmax app on your phone. Also, download the Apple podcast app on your phone and subscribe to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. It is available on other platforms. If you want to check out the other platforms, go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts, okay? NewsmaxTV slash podcasts. Guys, have a glorious day. Thank you for listening. From the bottom of my heart, I greatly appreciate it. I hope you are entertained. I hope you are informed, and I hope you are motivated as well. God bless our police, our military. Remember Ashley Babbitt, and above all, don't catch the stupid thanks for listening to the newsmax daily with rob carson check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com, or watch free on youtube roku apple pluto zumo amazon fire and your smart tv newsmax america's fastest growing cable news channel check NewsmaxTV.com for details